0: Baseball Angels, can you please come this way? Because I need you down here now. It's almost time to play. If were well, we're almost getting there, right? We're almost getting to this season somehow. We'll, we'll get there, I I believe. I'm starting to believe more and more. Uh, some good news here on Alex Garrett Podcasting. While I'm on the topic of baseball, there's a reason before we get to our uh, first guest of the weekend and this inaugural abilities hour. We'll get to that as well uh, as we go along, but Masahiro Tanaka, there is progress on the Yankees ace who got drilled. I mean, drilled in uh, batting practice last week by Giancarlo Stanton on July the fourth. He is responding well, participating in a light workout. Uh, this according to Bleacher Report and, uh, tweeted out by Max Goodman and Boone Aaron Boone saying he's been able to play catch a couple times now. But I was poking through my memories as I sometimes do on Facebook and this one this one stood out today because if you remember I mean if you remember this voice rang through all of Yankee Stadium. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Yankee Stadium. That is the voice of Bob Shepard, who actually, at age 99, passed away 10 years ago today. I'm excited to say his name, though. He lived an amazing life. He's lived, he lived a long life. And do you know when he would have turned 100? Bob Shepard would have turned 100 On October 20th, 2010. Yes, Bob Shepard and I sharing the same birthday isn't a connection enough, right? That's not a connection to have the birthday of a legendary public address announcer. But to actually know him through the years, to actually be in his public address booth, certainly part of the story, part of the journey. And then, above all that, I mean, above all that, to then be given for years on end at Queens College, a real opportunity to announce the game of baseball. Leading off the bottom of the first for the Knights, the center fielder, number nine, Thomas Parrish. I mean... Rob Twible and, and Michael Sporton and the athletics department gave me the shot to do baseball, softball. And that continued and continues, by the way. If there was baseball this year, I might have been back out there with Chris Reardon and the crew. But to not only be born on the same day as Bob Shepard, but to feel like God has spread his energy as a public address announcer into this life. Is very incredible. It's very intriguing. It's you can't describe it. There's there's so many ways you can describe it. And so today, I truly hope that I have represented. And you can never be Bob Shepard, but it's just amazing. Two guys from New York, both baseball lovers, both announcing the game in one way or another. Jimmy Rose, we would have had the damn usual. Long Island Baseball, Long Island Sound usual All-Star Game weekend this weekend. If we didn't have COVID. Those long-standing traditions matter. And that's why honoring Bob Shepard matters to me. His story is so special. And even at St. John's, they have the Bob Shepard public address box. I, I kid you not. And so tonight, Thank you, God. Thank you, Bob Shepard, in your own ways for seemingly bringing that energy into this life. And now I've been able to, for now 10 years, carry that energy the best I can. And, you know, he was, beyond just public, public address answer. he was a speech high school teacher in New York City. He was an avid reader in Baldwin New York at his local church every Sunday and that he loved the language and it showed by teaching the youth and by being up there to read the gospels what a life and I just pray tonight that I, I am channeling that energy of 10-20 October 20th also my Uncle Dennis born on that day Mickey Mantle born on that day by the way Such a great day. October 20th. And so to be in that company and then to be able to do something and have that energy that was filling Yankee Stadium, I hope fill this microphone and fill your feeds every day on this podcast. I'm very blessed. And therefore, I feel like I was given that ability. Which leads me to say, welcome in. To the Abilities Hour. This hour will be focused on people who have overcome, who have abilities within the disabled community, sure, that are seen and unseen. And I find this very timely considering this is the 30th year of the Americans with Disabilities Act. It's very fitting that my stepdad, Vic Furman, would say, why don't you do this podcast? And now my motivation is to do it. And to kick off this podcast with Megan McNeely, which I'll get to in one minute, I want to read you what I wrote yesterday, because I was on a di- diatribe on my personal Facebook page. But let me tell you what I wrote right here, right now. Last night, I was on a run of different things and saying certain things. Anyway, I encourage the disabled community to continue advocating for yourselves. And for the best things for yourselves and for the best things for this community that continues to grow and be noticed. Also, continue to live the best life you can. And, of course, never let anyone say to you that you can't believe something or that you can't do something. Because you truly can believe and do what you want to and feel empowered to do so. That's why america is amazing our numbers here in new york city and the world in the united states i should say 20 percent of the disabled community is hired we can get that number up and we will but our presence is growing and this abilities month thank god for those abilities to be hired abilities to grow in our respective fields and uh, someone who definitely has ability, someone who definitely has overcome, someone who had a pep in her step at the National Publicity Summit, Megan McNeely. My goodness, it's it's about time we got you on. I'm so glad you're on with me tonight,
1: Alex. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be here. I can keep it real.
0: Yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, and let's talk about that. So when I first met you, you were, um, you know, you were like, you were very hyper about the book. You were very Pep in your step, you were very excited, and now I gain an appreciation of how you got to that point. Because let's break it down: you had rheumatoid arthritis, um, you've had severe pain in the past, and you overcame it. So let's start there. What's your journey, and why did you want to write your book, "Reinvent the Wheel," Alex? It's
1: a great question. I actually was striving in my career, and I was gathering award after award. And seven years into my career, where I was considered an early, they call it an early success story, I was traveling all over the United States, sharing my journey with some Mm -hmm. fellow colleagues. I work for a very large um, wealth management firm, and I still do. This is my 22nd year there. So I'm a corporate (laughs) corporate job in addition to this passion, we'll call it a passion project. Um, I started to break down behind the scenes. So to your point, there's a lot of us who look great on the outside. I mean, um, and behind the scenes are struggling in some way. And for sure, that was my case. I was breaking down behind the scenes to the point of, I was first diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. A few years later, I was diagnosed with chronic kidney disease, which was stage Mm. three. And then I had kidney cancer. And to say that my health struggles caught my attention is an absolute understatement. From the first disease, I realized, um, I use this phrase, you can't catch a falling knife.
0: You know, when you get
1: into a bad health pattern, sometimes it cascades into worsening situation Mm -hmm. until you can get control of it. And I was bound and determined to turn around my health. So from the start of my journey, which was in 2004, I was disease free in 2016,
0: and so it took yeah. it took 12 years. And that 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 whole journey, uh, yes, is so moving. Um, Catch a falling knife is part of it, but I want to start here because I think this is what really drove you. Uh, it's easy to say we're positive, we're positive, but you've really written out five different ways to be positive, and I think you've sort of in my mind said, well, there's an art to positivity. So let's start there. How did you build your art and build and use that brush of, uh, of great energy to make yourself positive and say, yes, I will get through all of that.
1: I really believed that my struggles were there to serve me. I'm, I really felt from the very beginning that it wasn't something that would define me Mm. so how do i explain that i felt like it wasn't me i i felt like the disease even when the doctor told me i had cancer i remember saying to him you're wrong wow like it felt so surreal alex it felt like it wasn't me he was speaking about i told him you are wrong even when i went in for the kidney biopsy I remember saying very cavalierly to my friend, Kian, who was there in the room with me, um, wait till they find out it's benign. Like mm. I really, in my heart, believed that cancer wasn't me, that rheumatoid arthritis wasn't me, that these definitions, um, it was just something that was there to teach me. And as soon as I figured it out, I could transcend it.
0: Mm. Megan, I love so, uh, this. And, that's and how uh, I thought of it. Because, and and then now I've got to ask you this. You, you go through this pain for 12 years. Oh, yeah. Uh, I never felt the pain of having one leg ever. Like, it was just part of me. But I do feel the pain of like, if I get sick or something like that. And I'm actually thanking God to feel the pain because it makes you know what you're going through. And it tells you, hey, we could avoid this in the future. We're going through it now to avoid in the future. Did you feel that at all? Did you feel like, thank God I'm going through this now to avoid it in the future?
1: I, I would call that heightened awareness. Mm. So it sounds to me like when you're saying that what comes to mind is heightened awareness. So you're aware, you're alert. You're saying this is my, this is what is. Mm. And that in itself is a gift. It's saying, I accept what's happening to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep,
1: and I'm not. I'm not buttering it up. I mean, I am certainly. I used to be a very rose-colored glasses person. I had mm-hmm. a therapist say to me once, "Why is it that you feel like you have to be mischeerful? Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, "Am I Ms. Cheerful? <laughs> and 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 I sort of backed away on the drive home from that conversation, thinking. I've, I've been taught that I was taught that as a little kid, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. Sure. And sure. what I instead kind of um, in, was empowered by is saying what is right now? Okay. It is painful to wake up every day and not be able to walk properly. It is painful that I, my hands were completely frozen shut. Right. Like I could never do this. Like holding a pen. I could never hold a pen like this. I had to memorize mm. what clients said to me for three years straight. And take That's notes. a skill in and of that, itself. I
0: mean, that, that I couldn't a even hold dream. a pen.
1: Yeah, like this, it doesn't even hurt. Like I can't even believe it. It's crazy. Um, I remember saying to one of my bosses, "It would be astonishing if I ever went through a day without pain. Like if I, if that ever happens to me someday, I'll know I'm healed." But I I think that that step of heightened awareness and acceptance of like, okay, this is what's happening today. Can I um, live with what is? I'm trying to deal with that right now with COVID. Like, I mean, sure. I don't have COVID right now, but I'm trying, <coughs> excuse me, now I cough, right? <coughs> Everybody on your listener is going to be like, oh my God, uh, listener, cough. Now we have to panic when somebody coughs. Sure. Um, but we're saying to us, can I accept what's happening? Mm. And okay. All right. What is the truth? Like, uh, I'm a huge believer in truth and love. And I love that you were talking the other day about safety, love and health. Okay. I adore you. Um, That's the first step. And then how do I rise? Mm. Like, given this situation, I mean, how do you feel about that, Alex, with yourself? I mean, do you, is it the acceptance and then the rising?
0: Oh, it's the acceptance. It's the fight. So when I do get really sick, um, sometimes it leads to a hospitalization. Thank God I haven't been hospitalized in a few years, actually. So I've been working at it. I finally, yeah. I finally listened to my doctors. Um, So it's that leaving the hospital feeling that says I'm never going to be in that again. And then, yeah, there's some spurts. Yeah, I had 103 fever last week, but I worked through it, and I knew that I was going to be... Because my stomach had this insane issue. I don't even know what... We don't really know. It wasn't COVID because I tested negative for it. But, like... Good for I you. was, I'm glad I went through that because it was like, well, I'm not going to do that ever again. So I just rise up and, uh, I'm sure you might've felt this like every week. It's like, wow, last week I might've felt something, but now I don't. How cool is that? Like you can just escape something within a week, which I was able to do. Um, uh, but, but for you, But for you, what I also thought was interesting, cause we have a lot of similarities. I have one kidney, so I have to protect my kidney. The oh, end, 100%. The but what also was interesting to me is that uh, you talk about the kidney disease, you talk about the arthritis, but you also almost drowned, which I'm like fascinated that. Look at that, how much of a survivor she was, even from a young age, right?
1: Yeah, so um, I that explains why I'm afraid of the ocean uh, to this day. Uh, although I was in the British Virgin Islands last spring, and I was not afraid there, which is wow. an improvement for me. Um, But the water is crystal clear there and I could Mm. see way down and it just felt safer. Um, It wasn't so, you know, deep and dark. But um, yes, I was it was the most amazing thing. I was um, body surfing, you know, with a boogie board as well. Um, when I was in my 20s in San Diego, I was with my boyfriend at the time who was an expert in the water. He was a windsurfing coach um, and teacher in Mission Bay in San Diego. and We went out there and all of a sudden he wasn't there. I was all alone. I was pulled Mm -hmm. out to sea and I I was just completely without my board in the middle Mm -hmm. of the ocean. I thought I was going to drown. I was out there forever. It felt that hour I was out there alone felt like Ten hours, you know, every moment I could oh. hear my breathing. And the waves were so strong on either side of me I couldn't tell which way the uh the shore was. So I didn't did even you, know I'm a good swimmer. But I was didn't ever a-
0: palpitating, like did you feel like the heart beating? Yeah, I thought this like is that? it.
1: Um and then uh I tell the story in my book how all of a sudden this little boy came out of the ocean. Like he literally appeared in front of me. He didn't have a wetsuit on, which is unusual in the Pacific ocean. It's freezing cold. He handed me my boogie board and said, here you go. Wow. And then I swear to God, he vanished. I believe it was an angel. I have never seen, I never saw him again. He saved my life that little person. Um, Uh, And I just thank God I'm alive. And, and I also feel like, and in, in for you as well here today. Here we are, um, and you know, recording this. And it, it's just a wonderful moment to you know, have appreciation. Yeah. We're here for a reason, right? Yep. And I believe to spread, um, inspire, you know, inspiration and healing to everyone I meet is my is my goal. And I, I usually care about
0: don't. I, I usually don't talk about how similar I feel to someone because I want to be on them. But what the way you describe that. In first grade, I also had experience. I swear to God, my my little wing. So I was um, four pounds, nine ounces when I was born. Very tiny. Tiny, yeah. And then, so because I really couldn't eat at a very early age, even in first, second grade, I was still very thin to the point where one of my floaties, when I was in the water, fell off. I go down. And my swim teacher, who actually passed away last year, and this brought back a flood of emotions, Um save me like he came over he grabbed me up and i believe it's because of him as well that i was i'm able to be here today amongst other different things but that was one of the big moments that i remember overcoming and it's still i i've i've gotten used to the water now i actually love swimming um yeah. but you know that was a that was a trauma in and of itself so that there was that um wow. but i've got to ask because sometimes when like my thing is very visible. One leg, whatever. That that's cool. Um, but when when it's not visible and people start asking you, Megan, like they did, what's wrong? Why can't you do this? Why can't how'd that make you feel? And how did you overcome those feelings of like, why are they talking to me like that? Why can't they understand it?
1: Well, at first I lied. So um in a corporate setting, you know, people would say, Why are you limping? like people noticed Mm. at work. And I work at a fortune 500 company at first, Alex, I didn't want to appear weak. So I said, it's a tennis injury and everybody knew I was a tennis star when I was a little kid and through, you know, I went to Cornell on it, you know, because I could play tennis. I mean, one of the reasons, yeah, I'm a good tennis or I used to be a good tennis player until I got rheumatoid arthritis. But, um, you know, and I couldn't hold a racket for 10 years. I mean, Mm. literally not even hold the racket. Um, which is so devastating to anybody who's good at something. But um, I used to lie. I used to say, oh, it's tennis injury. And I used to feel like it was one of those lies that was okay. Like, I don't lie. I mean, it's one of my, Mm -hmm. you know, truth is I have a tattoo on my shoulder in Sanskrit that says truth. Um, But for some reason, I just felt that the sadness, I had this deep sadness in me that isn't it amazing that I'm so good at business. I'm so good at my job. And I somehow have this blind spot around my health. Mm. It just seemed so devastating that I couldn't figure that out. You know, how is it that I can um, close these enormous business deals that I can do phenomenally for the clients who I help with their wealth management, investment planning, and all of these terrific things. And I show up 100% and I just execute with excellence. And how is it that when it comes to my personal life, particularly my health, I'm doomed. Like, mm. and not only doomed, but I can't catch the falling knife. Right. And so I would lie. And so I was like, oh, you know, it's, it's a tennis injury. And so everybody's was like, wow, that tennis injury is really lasting a long time. And it yeah. wasn't that I couldn't walk. I just was limping. Right. So I wouldn't make my way, but it got to the point that I thought about having a handicap placard for my car. Cause I couldn't really, walk that well. And I, you know, had colleagues would say, do you want to go for lunch? And it would be across the street. And I'd say, oh, you know, I don't know if I can mm. really get over there, get sure. over there. Um, and, but what I started to do, um, Alex, that really changed things is I started to be honest about it. And that's one of I your started, spokes
0: on the wheel, right? That is one of the spokes on the speak
1: wheel. Speak your truth. I started, do you realize there's 80 million people in the United States that have a uh, autoimmune disease? And, I, didn't, and uh, many, yes, I
0: read that. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Like many autoimmune diseases are behind the scenes issues that Mm -hmm. with the naked eye, you may not know could be MS. It could be lupus. Um, You know, Selena Gomez has lupus, right? Right. Who would know, right. right? You wouldn't know she had a kidney transplant. Um, There are so many people that suffer that I started to just take comfort in the fact that maybe Megan, if you started to explain your trouble and started to share your truth and you know, I figured I can't say a word until I fix myself.
0: Megan, that actually started with the with the drowning incident, right? Because then you started to be open yeah. with your boyfriend and said, "Yeah, I can't do this anymore."
1: Right, and um, and then when I was married, I was afraid of the water, and I told him, "Like, I'm a, you know, after I got my sailing certification, I'm like, honestly, I'm terrified of the water." Mm. And he was like, "Why do you say something? I mean, I, for all the, you know, I was always trying to like just be the person other people wanted to me to be.
0: You know, I gotta and I say. Think- one of your themes. You feel is like artific- you're not going to be
1: accepted. You know.
0: One of your things is artificial. I noticed that term used a lot in many of your chapters. How important is it for us to recognize the authentic versus the artificial? I feel like you hammered that down a lot during in the book.
1: Oh my gosh, it's so healing to just understand that people will love you for who you are right now. Mm. I always felt like I had to perform I had to be perfect I had, you know, maybe people wouldn't love me if they knew I had this debilitating illness
0: Mm.
1: behind the scenes, but what I realized is the more I shared Alex with people about my my journey, the more you'd be shocked. I speak all over the United States. Well, when it's like not COVID, Um, you know, I I gave a presentation for uh, Merrill Lynch in Portland, Oregon for a few hundred people. I was speaking in LA right before Christmas. People come up to me by the hundreds Mm. and are like, Oh my God, thank God you said something because I've been suffering behind the scenes or I'm a single mom too, which I'm a single mom. Um, Or, you know, I have teen daughters that struggle with depression or you name it, anything I share with them, they'll say something because I've been vulnerable. Right. I didn't realize that was a thing like that. If you share something about you, which you are a master at, um, that other people will be like, Oh, this gives me permission to understand that I can be accepted for who I am. That, that where I'm at right now is okay. I don't even Mm -hmm. need to rise to be loved.
0: No. And, and, and you also don't need to feel like you're a compartmentalized person. What I mean by that is I feel like we are all literally put in the boxes that they talk about, right? Like, oh, he's yeah. disabled. He's in that box. She's got this. She's in that. No. In fact, don't let anybody tell you not to believe what you want to believe. Uh, you have to live that out yourself. And I just think that you have overcome, I'm sure, a lot of peer pressure, a lot of like fear as you say what what are they going to say about me and all this and you've just lived it and you've done it um and actually one of the things that intrigues me is the way you got shifted away from the diet cokes um because this is big no (laughs) i I think uh, because i've started to shift away from iced coffee which i would have like every few hours literally i just was a fiend for it but when i go back to water because you're a new yorker (laughs) uh, yeah and the coffee's good the starbucks is good but water, when I shift to water, there's actually not only a physical, but an emotional feeling like I'm taking care of myself. So when you made that shift, did you start to feel like you were taking care of yourself? And I think that oh, part gosh. of the story can inspire others to do the same.
1: Exactly. I have a whole chapter in my book on hydration. And I will tell you, cause I know in corporate America, what people do, they start the day with their coffee. Cause that jacks them up because they're tired and they're exhausted because they stayed up all, you know, watching their Netflix. I'm totally, um, you know, somebody who after, you know, this conversation, probably this weekend, you know, will find me watching my favorite series, but um, it's, it, and it's okay in little bits, but there are, you know, people who try to, you know, escape from their life and stay up late and binge watch seven episodes of name it,
0: you know, whatever it is. For me, it's so a dating have, app to be honest. I, mean, that's I, know, my I
1: know, right. It's COVID, Um, you know, exactly. Um, We all have permission to like get by here. Um, But what we do to get by a lot is coffee in the morning. And then I would have the Diet Coke at lunch. And then I'd have the wine after uh, happy or starting like five or six at night. And I drink about half a bottle of wine a night. This is back when I was super sick. Mm -hmm. And what I was basically doing is helping myself rise in the morning. So I could deliver the level of excellence and attention that I needed to give my work. And then I would be so jacked up like, you know, you Mm. on the coffees that there's no way to bring yourself down at night, you know, effectively other, I mean, there's several ways, but for me, it was, you know, I live in wine country. I'm in California. Everybody else has their wine subscription. I think I'll just go ahead and, you know, have my wine. And I used to be married at the time. And so we'd share a bottle of wine every night. And I didn't, I thought at first, Oh, we'll just do this. We just moved here it's in Napa Valley, Sonoma County. Exactly. Yeah. They're literally yeah. an hour. I'm going there tomorrow, actually, not yeah. to wine taste, but just to have fun in the um, you Sonoma's open. So you can go sure. get takeout, you know, walk up to the, your favorite restaurant, get takeout and go sit in the park. That's what I'm going to do well, with my daughter.
0: You just, you just mentioned your ex um, ex-husband, I guess I could say that. Yeah. Now. Um. now. You said that he started to really distance himself Do you think the fact that you were jacking yourself up was part of that reasoning he distanced because he saw you really bring all this stuff into your body and he thought, why are you doing this? Or what was his reasoning? Or
1: what? Oh, no, he was doing the same thing. Um, I think that what happened a lot is, um, you know, I mean, there's I I truly believe with relationships, there's two sides to every story. And so I own my half, you know, of everything that went wrong um, between him and me. But I think that distance is created when you don't own your truth. So for me, I thought, I want to be, you know, I was thinking in my mind, I don't want to be the wife that is disabled. I don't want to be the person that is struggling to open my hands. I don't want to be the person that struggles when I wake up every morning just to even walk to the bathroom. I want to be this cute, adorable person that he married. The fly fishing girl that used to do that. And we used to jog eight miles, you know, on a date. We'd jog four miles in at Point Reyes Seashore, jog four miles back and then go to dinner and get our clams um, and just have a wonderful time at the bar. Um, I wanted to be that girl again. And what I did is hide it. So he'd say, how are you doing this morning, honey? And I'd be like, oh, fine. But I was a little, just a little curt because right. I was in so much pain, what would have been better? Like, Oh, sweetie, I'm just in so much pain this morning, but I love you. That would have been better. I right. was more like, leave me alone. I'm fine. Shh. You know, and quiet. And he was, you know, that causes distance. And he'd be like, Oh shit, she's in a bad mood. You know, do you see how it gets so yep.
0: Yep. bad? But I know and that then, also you started to kind of get, I would hate to say, um, resentment, but you started to feel like, why yeah. is he able to sleep at night? Well, and I can, and I've got to take care of the kids. Yeah. So <laughs> But, but yeah, how did you overcome and, that?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, our distance became so great that we got divorced, as um, is, is people can read in my book. And so I can't say I overcame it. I, I think that what happened is the more I started to own my truth, you know, and and really work on myself, like, this is what I'm going through. This is what's helping me. It's helping me. You know, I started to be more honest.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As soon as I started to be more honest I realized that we weren't the same people. The so, mm. As soon as I started to identify what my values were, my, my highest values are love and truth. Mm. Um, I started to say my truth all the time. He wasn't used to that person.
0: Because <laughs> I guess it included I, truth about him.
1: <laughs> I, I wasn't that person when he married me. I was just mischievous, like mm. I told you. And so, Alex, I think, um, you know, as we grow up, like our goal, or at least my goal, is to always be myself. That's what I love mm-hmm. about you. Like I see you as like a super authentic person. And I think, you know, your listeners as well appreciate that about you or, or just about all of us. Mm-hmm. We're trying to be the most we, we can be because if we aren't the truth comes out.
0: Yeah. Yep. Well, for me, Eventually. Just, it's been a weird quarantine. I mean, I just, I broke, I, I feel weird breaking off something amidst quarantine, but I did. And uh, she and I were great, but again, there were things that I knew were going to continue. And I just started speaking about that. I said, I don't know if this can be, rem-. and you know, then they say, well, we'll make it work. And I just don't know. I, it's like, how can we make it work if we try and try and just, so I had to end it. And I still feel a bit of guilt of that, I guess, but I'm glad I could share that with you and, and now my listeners, cause that was a tough time and it still is a tough time. How much so do you think that
1: quarantine amplified it? Because sometimes these intense Definitely. experiences can like bring to light truth faster.
0: Well, what happened was I started to promise her, yeah, I'll come back, you know, because I thought this was only like a month thing. So I'm like, I'll come back in a month. That didn't happen because we still were in lockdown. Um, I started to tell her, yeah, I'll come back. Like I really thought I was, and then it got to the point where I just didn't want to answer her calls because she was, It just became a little too much for me. And I just said, I don't know if I can even go back after quarantine now. Um, So that was that. Unfortunately, we didn't really have the closure because I thought if I even started talking to her again, she'd try and will me back in. And I was saying, I have to be strong about this. You know, I think think
1: that like all of us sitting in what resonates in this moment, it could be timing as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. this is such an unusual time I think all of us are grasping for connection and also yep. connection to ourselves. And um, you know, I had a few friends say, and I don't know if you resonate with this, is that you know, part of the time is we're trying to get by. Mm-hmm. And and what is the well-being blend, you know, per se, body, mind, and spirit that's gonna support my highest self. Right. And do I have the extra energy to bring along a, a new relationship?
0: You mean like the wealth being, which you write about a lot in the, in the book? Oh,
1: I think it's totally connected. So I believe well being equals wealth being because when you have your well being right, it attracts money. Mm. Um, it attracts everything you want, it attracts success. As far as body um, wealth aspects, it would be perfect health. It would be.
0: Good it would sleep. be excellent
1: uh-huh. sleep you'd yep. be eating great food you'd be relaxing beautifully wouldn't you mm-hmm. um as far as your mind you would have a calm mind you would be able to you know um mm-hmm. you know really sink into your truth you'd be able to tap into your intuition as far as your spirit goes it would be um seizing the parts of your soul that are vibrant you'd be polishing them like a diamond i am you know, starting this to, time.
0: yeah i'm starting to feel so I've had nights where I'm on a dating app till 3 a.m. because I need that. I mean, I never usually (laughs) used to want to fill the void, but I just have a void, I guess. I don't know. And maybe it's quarantine. Anyway, I've recently changed that. I said, I'm putting my phone away. I don't even look at it once I go to bed. And I sleep better because I'm not worried about someone miles away, whether they answer me or not. And I feel, I think I'm taking (laughs) your advice with that is that um, I need to take care of myself first. Why should I really care that someone miles away from me? wants to talk or doesn't want to talk. I shouldn't. Right. So I've been working on that, but maybe you felt the same difficulty. I don't know. During this time,
1: you know, um, actually I'm not on dating apps, but I'm very like spiritual. So I I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm more in the mode of, I need to keep my energy at a frequency that would, where like attracts like.
0: Mm. Okay,
1: do you got me? So <laughs> what? Do you
0: got me? I don't know. You yeah. pause there, so I wasn't sure what happened, but okay. Yeah,
1: no. So I'm thinking like attracts like, so how can I be my best self? Mm. You know, and I just believe I'll be cared for. You know, if I've been cured of the litany of diseases mm. that I listed, if I was pulled from the ocean, yeah, you know, and didn't drown. If I'm sitting here with you tonight and I haven't caught COVID yet, and I am a high-risk person like I, like you, I do not want to catch it because of the kidney issues. Um, it's like I have one kidney. Both my kidneys operate at like half function. Oh. And you are um, not on dialysis or
0: are you on dialysis? No, no, not, yeah, no, 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 no. Wow. Yeah, thank That's God. Great. No, my,
1: yeah, my um, creatinine levels are like 1.4. Wow. So, not amazing. bad. Not terrible. By <laughs> the way,
0: I want to show you. I have the book here and I love the design of this. Hold on one
1: second. Thank you, hon. This, this, is, is...
0: this is such a cool cover. Yeah. But when I looked in the, into the spokes of the wheel, I thought to myself, okay, this is your spoke. This is what you went through. So are the wheels different for everybody?
1: Well, basically, there's a structure. Anybody who's listening can go look at it. It's on megamcnealy.com and you can see the it, there's a image of what I call a well-being wheel. It's six spokes for body, six spokes for mind, and six fo- spokes for spirit. And it it is the only image I've ever seen that I believe encapsulates what total well-being looks like. Mm-hmm. Now, these are universal spokes, so like you could look at it, Alex, and go, I I think you'd look at it and go, I agree you know, you have Mm -hmm. to eat well, sleep well, exercise, relax, um, tap into your truth. You know, I mean, these Mm -hmm. are basic things I think that most people can agree on. I've never had anybody say they disagree with me on the 18, just broad strokes. But the key and like secret sauce to my work is that everything needs to be customized for you because Mm -hmm. for you, you know, getting eight hours, how many hours of sleep do you need in it?
0: (sighs) I would love Obviously, to get eight. Obviously, <laughs> when you're
1: on a data, dating app, you're like not, not paying attention to that, but what, eight hours?
0: Eight hours. I would love to get okay, eight hours. Great. I just haven't so gotten So like
1: for you, Alex, eight might be ideal. For me, I really need nine. I do not know why, but it's like me at my d- ideal is if I get nine hours of sleep. Everybody's different. So what I teach people is that you just have to customize each of those spokes for you. Mm-hmm. So another great example is exercise. So for me, I love jogging. But for you, you could be rollerblading all over New York. Um, everybody's enlivening exercise is customized for them, and so I teach that the customization is so key because it's you, yeah. and you know what works for you is different than what might work for somebody in South Carolina tonight or whatever. So um, we're all I gotta different gotta,
0: places. I, I got to yeah. tell you, you actually made the dinner table conversation with my family. Believe it or not. Yay! Um, Because I started reading this book literally right in front of my, you know, I'm doing this, I'm prepping and it didn't feel like a work thing. Like I didn't feel like I was preparing for it in that way. I I was enjoying reading your, your book and it's inspired a lot over the last week, believe it or not. Um, Oh, good. What else have you implemented? Well, I (laughs) want to, and I haven't done it yet, but I thought of putting on the fridge. Hey, did you set time for a relaxation time in your schedule? I never heard of this idea until I read your book, Megan, the idea of setting time aside to actually relax like consciously doing it that is that is important and i i want to start doing that kind of said well why don't we start making logs of what we're drinking are we drinking the right stuff are we eating the right stuff are we so those are those are a couple of things um herodotus you you quoted herodotus in your book the greek uh historian i did a whole podcast on it for 20 minutes because i was like I love that quote. We need to relax or we're going to become unstable. We're kind of going to go manic if we don't relax. And so I just, I started researching. I'm like, this guy, I was meant to find this guy. And so thank you for- I'm
1: so glad. Yeah. To you. That's, that is That is a fantastic quote. You know, Of all, what's really neat about the book is I wrote it for someone flying from New York to San Francisco or New York to LA. It, yeah. it, you could read the entire thing in six hours. And- I, it has, yeah, it's like short. I mean, and I'm used to dealing with senior executives. That's my target market at work. Mm. And I interviewed 18 CEOs that embody each of the spokes really well. And, you know, the person for the relaxed spoke, it took me forever to find because that type of person is a unicorn. Somebody who's very good at what they do. They're very good at business that type of person does not normally relax well. It's like an A-type personality. It takes them forever to wind down. It literally took me for, I wrote that chapter. My book was due February 14th last year. I was literally writing that chapter the week before it was wow. due. And um, I, the, the executive I interviewed is the incredible entrepreneur Yannick Silver. Who's from the East Coast. Um, he's the CEO of Okay, Badger and he's 15. one of the
0: guys. I have to say this i yeah. say this on my pod. We'll tell off the air. I would love to have him on my podcast because Oh, he's amazing. He, he seems really cool. He did what, yeah, a, ra- race car in a speedo or something like that. So I mean he did, <laughs> yes, he did he, all that stuff.
1: he broke two hundred miles an hour. And, and he's gonna be on with speedo. Richard Branson,
0: which is gonna be pretty cool in and of itself.
1: Yeah. We were actually with Richard, um, me and Yannick, um, in on Decker Island last year in wow. April. Yeah. Richard's an incredible entrepreneur as well. But Yannick's a special person. You should definitely have him on. We can make that happen.
0: Megan, I've got to, um, I have I want to talk about the excess, exceptional uh, executive in a minute because I love that idea and I want people who may follow you but may not know where to catch these interviews. Uh, I want to yeah. tell us where we can. Uh, but <laughs> the other thing that you have inspired me to say is, before I want to do anything, I now say, I have the ability to do it. Mm -hmm. I don't just say I'm going to do it. I'm going to say, thank God I have the ability to. Because when you recognize you have the ability, like you recognized, you had the ability to go back to Taekwondo. You had the ability to overcome, to use your hands again. You you knew you had the ability and now you're inspiring me to say, you know what, I have that ability too. Um, And I'm saying it more and I feel very empowered. So thank you for that.
1: Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. I... I don't know the limits of our mind. I mean, I was told I would never get better by, you know, the, the lead doctors, um, you know, of the de- you know, departments at UCSF mm-hmm. or Cal Pacific medical center. Um, and even they were surprised that I no longer had any signs of the disease, you know, mm-hmm. the diseases I was um, diagnosed with. Um, I, I'm not a doctor um i cannot predict what any is going to happen to other people but i do think that there's this untapped um thing about the power of your mind um yeah. you have to be careful what people tell you because you can embody it and and believe it um someone told me when my um i have an intellectually disabled daughter someone told me when she was little she'll never read i have a video of her You know, on my Facebook page, um, doing a 26, well, no, excuse me, 16 line Shakespeare monologue by memory. So she can not only read, she is uh, exceptional Mm. at theater. And so I am so glad I didn't like listen to that. You know, I'm so glad I just kept on with my belief in what mm-hmm. she's capable of because she's loves, re- she's reading right now, as a matter of fact, in her Mega. own law. I told her, Aww. you know,
0: yeah. are, are your kids in, in the charter school type? Or are they public school? No, they're in public them? school. Yeah. Okay. How's that whole thing been during quarantine, by the way?
1: <laughs> well, they, they, you know, we're here in California. So outside sure. San Francisco, I live in the East Bay and, you know, we were one of the first uh, counties here to be in shelter in place and they did not go back to school. We, they start August 11th and we do not know. I, while we're having this conversation, I got an email from the superintendent of schools. So I have no idea what the plan is, but there's e- either one of three things. They're either going back to school full-time, going back part-time or going to be, sh- you know, sheltered in place doing mm. remote learning. I'm just thankful we're in a good school district and- You know, Madeline has an IEP, which is really important and supportive of her. And I just, um, I don't know, Alex, I'm, I mean, we're living through this for a reason. I'm trying to think to myself, okay, all right. If this is for me, and if, if it's true that nothing's happening to me, everything's happening for me, then how is it that I'm up leveling? Hmm. I I would have to say I'm, I'm probably softer with myself. I used to be pretty much like on the move. I have a friend who said, you know, it's so great, Megan, about COVID is that you always call me when you're like actually standing still, as opposed to, I used to call her when I was on my way to Starbucks, commuting to work, you know, mm-hmm. on the way to a client appointment, I was always in the car. And she said, for the first time, I'm actually always speaking to you while you're out in your backyard.
0: Megan, I, I, I am feeling this because I always yeah. am on the go to the point where Yeah, I do still neglect my health sometimes, and that's – this whole thing's developed habits for me that I never really thought. Like even work habits. I'm literally at this computer working, and now when I go back to the office, that's what I'm working on. It's about maintaining what you do in the home back in your environment, right? Like how do you adapt to what you do here into that environment where there are more people, where there are more distractions? I think God's telling us, hey, we can zone out all of that and do what we need to even in a, an environment like a workspace, like Wall Street, like what, you you know, a Fortune 500 company. Megan, on that note, uh, it sounds like you're still writing. Are you writing a lot during COVID on yeah. your website? You are. Well,
1: you know what? I'm kind of being open right now. I had a lot of public speaking um, situations. Uh, there's, there's 18 executives in the book and I was planning on going to many of their companies. Um, you know, I had my a book launch at LinkedIn. And I work for a major firm as well. And we're going gonna to do all sorts of public speaking. Cool. And it just didn't happen, you know, for 2020. So here we are, um because there's no live speaking events. I don't know if you can like, gather from my vibe. Well, you met me when I was live in New York. Yeah. Um, yep. in that press room, but I like a stage like I like speaking, I don't you know, I'm just sort of in this contemplative moment where I'm trying to listen to my intuition, which is a chapter in my book too. Like how do we tap into what I'm meant to do next?
0: Mm.
1: Like this is calling something from me. I'm not sure what it is yet. And I actually, for the first time ever just said to myself, it's okay that you don't know, Megan, you mm. don't have to be an expert on the future. What if you just listen to what, where the, where's the energy, and right now the energy is really in a few business deals I'm doing for my wealth management business, some client issues that I'm working on that are so exciting. Um, and I'm kind of just moving over there. I'm here. I, this, you know, pop, being on your show is like the highlight of my week. I'm so excited about this. This is amazing. I, I wanted to be on, as you know, cause I, I wrote you from the moment I met you um, and begged you literally. Um <laughs> Uh, to be on this, but um, you know, I'm going where the energy is, and Great. I've just been encouraging people who I speak to. What if we did that? Mm. You know, what if we, you know, followed the energy? I think it would help our well being because we need all the help we can get right now, don't you think?
0: Megan, I wanted to talk to you about that because I think I'm for, unfort- well, not unfortunately. I'm trying to stay positive, but I, I think on a longer, broader spectrum too, like. I'm worried that people are going from they don't know what they want to do right now to they want to completely give up. So your story tonight, please just give us some hope. Give people that really may be losing their will during this to say, no, don't give up. Don't lose your will. We got this.
1: Right. Oh, so yes. I, you know, went back and interviewed all the execs in my book and the founders because I thought, you know, maybe they could just give us some advice. You know, these are people that I look up to and, you know, I mean, I try to look up to myself, but, you know, we can't see our own goodness when we're in the middle of a crisis. I feel like it's a shit storm, right? You know, whatever's mm-hmm. going on. But um, I went back and they're all doing one of three things. And I would tell your listeners the same thing. The first okay. thing is protect, protect the asset. Amen. Okay. The asset is your well-being. If you don't protect that asset, and you know well, uh, you know this as well as I do, you're going to be in the hospital that, or have a hundred and three temperature. So, number one, protect the asset. Number two, um, yes, it is a shitstorm. Yes, you're going to have to pivot. Yes, you may not even identify with what you used to do because everything's up in the air. But where is the service-minded opportunity? There is something that you offer. I always tell my daughters, look, you know, you have your talents. Like this, your talents and and your um, strengths, and then you have there's what the world needs, and mm-hmm. the the blend between the two mm-hmm. is where the power is. It's like right in the middle, so your talents and your ta- you know your power, and then what the world needs. So yeah. we may have to like reevaluate that given COVID. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, what are my talents? I know a lot about well being, so maybe I can serve your audience here who's listening yeah. to this, who are like. Oh my God, I've never even heard of somebody who like got better from an autoimmune disease. That's like, not even, is that even possible? I've had so many people write me. I didn't even know that. I'm not a doctor, but I can just speak for myself um, that, that all sorts of weird things Mm -hmm. are possible. Um, So number one, protect the asset. Number two, you know, where's the opportunity? You know, Mm -hmm. I call it the service-minded opportunity, Alex, because if we're not being of service, what, what is the point? Especially, Especially during this me. time.
0: There's there's so much more exactly. that I've been doing that I've never done. So a little background on this podcast. It was always hard news. And I, here, I, I got a new conservative Christian talk radio as a producer. Then I thought, my goodness, my generation isn't hearing what the other side is saying. They don't want to hear what the other side is saying. So then I started this podcast and said, you know what? Let's talk about the unsaid. Let's talk about it. Let's broach mm-hmm. it. Let's say uh why are only certain videos of clashes between cops and protesters being shown why aren't we seeing the rioters why um, you know why aren't we holding the rioters accountable why can't we do that as a society anyway that's the kind of thing I'm at I'm at a mode where I just want to see the other side be told so we can get a better picture a bigger picture of this and now instead of well, doing hard news I'm doing stories like this I'm doing more integrative content that I don't know I I'm a kid that want to do play-by-play as a baseball guy. That was my thing and still is. <laughs> and yet God's put me in a different direction. I think.
1: Well, I, know, and I love that. Cause like what you're doing is you're saying, okay, what is, and how can I serve two mm-hmm. things? So that's really important. So part of well-being is, is understanding what is the reality right now. So you could have this whole time just kept on with your baseball thing and just keep talking about it and, you know, it may not, it may fall on deaf ears until or hard
0: news, which I was like really passionate about like doing that. Yeah. And that was it, but I need, what we're doing is we're losing dialogue and I wanted the dialogue back and I want to bring it there back you here. Go. And,
1: and, you know, having, you know, open an open heart, you know, I think is so important in this moment, you know, because that openness and lack of, you know, judgmentality, you know, um, I think is is so important. And so that, that open heart has always carried me, Mm. you know, to, to see what, what is possible, what is, what is happening and how can I serve. Mm. And so, and then the third thing is joy. So I talked about protect the asset, service minded opportunity. Third is joy. What I found most people were doing is trying to find a moment of joy. Like I'm not talking a party joy, Alex. I I mean, let's be serious. You know, a lot of us are, you know, on our own. We're home alone, you know, or like right. with limited people. Um, I'm I'm not talking to, you know, a big barbecue, you know, I'm necessarily You're not even talking her.
0: outside dining right now. I'm not even
1: talking about that. Yeah, no, I heard there's like problems with outside dining in New York with the rats. Um <laughs> I what we're talking about is literally can we find a moment of joy? I sat in my hammock the other night and took a picture of it and posted it on social media. I, I just for a moment saw the sunset and I thought, ah, there's a moment. I'm trying to be more aware of just you know I'm try- I know it's manipulative. I'm aware. Wow. I'm trying to find divine moments in the middle of it. I'm trying to thank God, you know okay. that I am still here and please show me a sign. That this isn't just the end, you know. I, I mean, I didn't live through all this,
0: Megan, To I go think, down in COVID. Well, and that's a thing. Why would we spend our life? And why would my parents? Uh, well, how do I say this? Well, first of all, why would I go through all this just to say, "Well, COVID's going to end me"? Like, why would I do that, right? Mm-hmm. Secondly, it's like, okay, well, why would I put my family in danger? And also say, like, here's how I thought. The way I was thinking was one bad incident, one overcrowding, one thing could lead, lead to COVID. And I still believe that. That's why I don't do the outdoor dining because um, I see that stuff. It's getting, it's too crowded for me. And I'm 28 years old. I should be out and about. But I just think, <laughs> and to be honest with you, your podcast had, like, woken me up. was, oh, yeah, I really can't go grab a drink because I should be home getting ready to do this podcast. And see, I saved you. (laughs) You did. And the storm (laughs) happened. So it was that. And it's like, now I have a reason to not linger in the storm. Even I have to go home and be safe and do this. So this podcast was scheduled for a myriad of reasons. I, (laughs) I realized.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I think that, you know, part of us just, you know, wants to pretend that it's normal. And Mm -hmm. there's another part, especially people who have health issues You know, I have an, and I, I, I don't even care. I have an N95 mask on when I step foot out of the house because we have all these leftover masks. You know, some Mm. of us have like five old ones from the fires last year here in California. So I always wear it when I go out. I'm not shy. I'm like, you know, and I just have a purpose Mm. and I'm here to inspire people. I mean, even if it's one person, even if it was just you, Alex,
0: <laughs> which it has inspired me to okay, live better. Good. It's just you and me here. <laughs> well, and one other thing about your journey, because I noticed that you are so proud that you can move your hands and yeah. um, how many of us take that for granted, you know, like Jesus. how many of us? So, um, meditation, let's, let's wrap up with that because yeah. honestly, just talking to you, I felt calmness in my soul. I don't know how it happened. It just, I felt very calm and excited at the same time. Is that possible? I guess it is. Of course. Um, but when I used to do meditation, I did that a lot after my first breakup, which was a couple of years ago when I was really anxious and I was like, I found a meditation class, a meditation meetup. We did the walking meditation. I like that. I, I had never, and maybe you felt this with your hands, but I had never appreciated my leg, my one leg more than just watching it move slowly. It's like, here's this beautiful leg and I can move it one step at a time and not worry about whether I have to miss a subway or catch a subway or something like that. It was just, I'm watching its motion. And I'm like, that is that is powerful in and of itself. And so I'm sure with you, the meditation of your hands, do you still, I don't know, do you meditate? Do you like still honor that you can, use your hands more so than maybe someone else.
1: Yeah. And I mean, my feet used to hurt so much too, but, um, I think the walking meditation, to your point, if anybody who's listening has trouble sitting still, which I do, I am like, you know, this kind of a personality I love moving around. I, Mm -hmm. even when I have conference calls, I kind of move like you move. You're like, a mover. Yeah. You move. And so um, if you're that kind of person, walking meditation can be really good because you could just pace back and forth and just, just watch, you know, just be observant. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to do anything. This, I, my number one primary source, and I explained it in the book is meditation. I lay oh, in my yeah, bed and yep, yep. I meditate. Like I love it. I don't No one ever, you know, told me that word. I just made it up because I was you in so much pain. That. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't sit up. So I laid down all the time and I just breathed. And my um, friends who are active meditators say there's no way I could possibly be meditating properly because I probably fall asleep. They're right. I do. I don't care. You know, come on people, no judge. Um, And I just breathe deeply and just be thankful. I'm trying to be thankful. I breathe in peace. I breathe out anger you know, or whatever. I just make it up. There's like no right or wrong here. It's just about being there for yourself.
0: Mm. Well, and I was going to say, when I read that part, I was like, that's interesting meditation, but it's also (laughs) wild that you were getting criticized for it. Like you'd think in the Zen community, they would be very accepting of any kind of meditation, right?
1: Oh, well, I mean, I used to go to, um, you know, Spirit Rock Meditation Center and sit and lay in the back during Jack Kornfield, who was like Mm -hmm. such an incredible meditation teacher, lay in the back like I was in the hospital back there. I felt self-conscious. I don't think other people were actually even noticing me, but I had a level of self-conscious like, oh, everybody is sitting but me. Here I am. I'm like I'm proud people think I'm weird. I, I think we just have to let that go and again customize what well being mm-hmm. looks like for each of us.
0: Wow, that is a perfect line to not halt the conversation because we're gonna continue with this again. We 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 will definitely continue this. But exceptional executives writing on COVID, where can people find your work? Um exactly. Twitter, give us your handle, give us your Instagram, give us your website.
1: Yes. So my Twitter handle is Megan underscore McNeely, M-E-G-A-N. And then my last name is spelled M-C-N-E-A-L-Y. Instagram, it's at Megan McNeely. Um, I have, you know, Facebook uh, public Mm -hmm. page, Megan Megan A. McNeely. And then uh, my website is probably the perfect place. It's meganmcneely.com. And you can even do, I made a free assessment for all your listeners. So it's meganmcnealy.com slash assessment. If people are like, what is she talking about? What is a wellbeing wheel? How would I know where I'm at with each of the spokes? It takes like 20 minutes, a little cheeky because you know me Um, and it's fun. And they can take a free assessment and get like a PDF with the wheel right on it. And it just ranks all their different spokes. So it's meganmcnealy.com slash assessment.
0: And they don't have a special yeah. name. It's just the assessment and it's right there.
1: Yeah, it's right there. Yeah.
0: Very cool. All right. I'll, I know. Uh, I will actually link that up in the podcast description Absolutely. too. So, very cool. Exactly.
1: And, it was and, so nice to be here.
0: And uh, of your followers, because I know you got a following, I know that people are loving this book. I know they love your story, but what's <laughs> one thing they may not know about you that, that you've not revealed to them?
1: One thing that they did not know. I might be the only Reiki master on wall street.
0: That is cool. <laughs> it is. And my dad, my stepdad's a Reiki master. So that's awesome. Uh, yay. I love that. Yeah. I don't know. I, one more thing
1: is that I just think that the sky's the limit. You know, I think that, Um, You know, I am an executive in a major Fortune 500 firm and I am also really passionate about well-being and I wrote a book. It was on the Forbes top 20 list for last year. It just won a 2020 Axiom Business Book Award. You can be many things. You know, Mm -hmm. I think this is the era of, you know, you're working from home. Who knows? Nobody knows. Go ahead and start your side hustle. I mean, this, that is a side hustle for me. Just the, if anybody wants to ever connect with me about that, I'd love to, you know, encourage them. Mm. You can be anything you want. Don't define yourself as something, one thing.
0: And you again, as I mentioned at the top, don't let anybody tell you you can't, you know? And no. that's that's um, what 2020, I I don't know if it's what 2020, but it's what I'm gaining um, every day. And I'm just hoping that we can stop with the identity politics because there's still that in existence and great. let's just love each other. You know, that's, that's the whole point. So Megan, thank you so great. for this time. And I'm glad we finally did this. And I'm glad I opened the book and read it for a few parts. I'm going to read the final part and uh, have you back for sure. Oh, I'm so honored, Alex. You have a great, great, great day. You too. Thank you. Thank you, Megan, for doing that. That was Hi, Megan I'm Alex Garrett. We'll talk to you again soon.